Good evening. Welcome to the Lapid Monkey Music Show, too. I'm Chuck Garrick. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. I'm really good. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad to have you on. I mean, you played with some fantastic musicians through your career, and you still are, and you have a great, great band. You know, it stands alone. It, it, it's not like it's a, a side project. It's a very solid band. We talk about Visto Blanco, and and obviously there's a, a huge overlap with the Alice Cooper family. Sure. You know, obviously, and I say family, I also mean musicians, and it's you know, it's it's, it's all encompassing, really. You know, <laughs> it is, yeah. it is. But, but one of the things before anybody to know a little history, I, I want to say just touch on it. Actually, I'll even reference it back. Go people, go back if you want a deep history. Go see Ryan Roxy's uh, podcast on this. You know, you were actually in uh, LA Guns for a hot minute before they did. One of the reforming, which yeah. is pretty funny. I think almost everybody's been in LA Guns at this point. I actually think you have to be in LA Guns to be a musician <laughs> in, in, sure. in LA for, for a hot minute. Um, and I love LA Guns. So to me, it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. But you actually went from LA Guns into, into Dio. I mean, that's right. pretty cool. That was probably and still is one of the most pinch me moments that's ever happened in my life. I, uh, just quick back history is that, you know, I grew up a, a kid in a really small town, uh, not a lot of music happening in my in the town I grew up in. But, um, you know, I listened to a lot of music, a lot of records and a uh, lot of a lot of just in, you know, with Queen and Alice Cooper, Kiss, Ted Nugent, um, ACDC, Beatles, of course, Rolling Stones, all this stuff. Yeah. But uh, there was a band I, I got turned on to at, a, at an early age, you know, which was, you know, Sabbath, yep. who I loved with Ozzy, and then, you know, learned about Ronnie. And then as soon as uh, his solo stuff came out, I was the first to jump on it. Then after the solo stuff, I I discovered more of even deeper the stuff that he was doing, he did with Rainbow. And I just fell in love with Ronnie's voice and his lyrics and his uh, melodies, everything about him. And what what appealed to me the most was not only how Ronnie sang in his songs, but also the sound of Jimmy Bain's bass. Yeah. Uh, it was just very unique. Holy uh, Holy Diver just really just shifted a lot of things for me musically. Um, I had a mutual friend who was uh, Jimmy Bain's bass tech at the time. Um, or bass tech for whoever was in Dio. Um, I just gotten off tour with LA Guns. Um, we did a three month run, and they were reforming as the originals. So uh, I was, um, I got a call from uh, Wendy Dio, who said that they were auditioning bass players, and my name was brought up, and they'd like for me to come down. And she asked if I was available. I said, absolutely. Um, she gave me a list of songs mm -hmm. to learn. I think it was like, I think it was like four, four or five songs, which I pretty much knew already, which I, that was exciting at the time. Um, so I went down, I auditioned for Ronnie. Uh, it was Craig Goldie and Scott Warren and uh, Simon Wright. Yeah. And we uh, did an audition in the uh, San Fernando Valley. Um the audition went very well. Um, I thought I, I played really well. Um, uh, and uh, Ronnie asked me after the audition a little bit about myself and what I'm up to and asked me if, uh, if I was busy in uh, October, November, December. Um, they were going to Scandinavia, um, a Norwegian tour, uh, 
with Motorhead and Manowar. Again, Motorhead was one of those bands that just, you know, yeah, was everything for me. Um, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm available. And Ronnie asked me if I had a passport. <laughs> and I said, yeah, <laughs> of course I do. And uh, I didn't. I didn't have a passport. I I had never even left the country before that time. So um, I immediately uh, got in the car, went straight to wherever it was to get my passport picture taken and all that good stuff. Um, and waited a couple of days um, to, uh, you know, get everything in order. I was learning Dio songs and all of that. And um, I went to the mailbox. There was my passport. And at the same time, my phone rang where it was Ronnie's management office asking me for my passport information. So they asked me for my passport number. I gave it to him. They asked me the date it was issued, which was the date of that, of that day, which I found to be hilarious. So uh, anyway, uh, they never said anything, but um, yeah, it all worked out well. And that uh, tour changed my life. I did, uh, I did that tour with Ronnie um, and it was fantastic. And we did some amazing shows uh, out there in Sweden and Norway, Copenhagen, just had a fantastic time. Um, I really learned how to uh, um, focus and, and really get into my instrument and what I'm supposed to be doing. I played my heart out for Ronnie. He really, cause he gave so much on stage that I, um, it really shaped me as a person and as a musician uh, to be mistake free, to be the best I could be every night. Um, it really was um, a real pleasure to play with him. But also, like I said, he he brought the best out in me. Um, later on that year, um, they did another tour in support of the Magica album, which I yeah. really, uh, t you know, tell a lot of people that they should go back and listen to that album. Yeah, I agree. I agree. With you that cool one. record um, with a great concept, you know. Um, so in support of the Magica record, we did Japan and a full European tour. Um, and that was just, again, I got to see parts of the world I never thought I would see. I was on tour with my friends. But the cool thing about Ronnie was at that time, you know, he, the crew and the band all traveled together on one bus. So we had just, we were just having way too much fun um, back then. And um, from there, uh, after the Dio tour um, ended, Ronnie started working on the, his, um, the last Dio solo record yep. called Master of the Moon. And I brought in a song which later turned out to be Death by Love, which was co-written by myself and Ronnie and Craig. Nice. Uh, Jeff Pilson played bass on it. Uh, just fantastic song and just such an honor to be uh, part of that history. That, that's awesome. So yeah. before we move me forward, I was this question actually came up before and I heard you talk to this before. Like as a musician and, and, and you're like the king and a lot of you guys are, of being able to jam and knowing you probably know like a million songs of other artists, you know, when you learn them and then like as an artist and you have to do like, you know, you have to play for, you know, for Ronnie or, or for Alice and you've known these songs for years. Is it ever a point where you play it and it's like, you actually play with the, the, the band itself and they're like, yeah, it's not the same thing or it's a little different or, or is it pretty much what you know is what you know coming in. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the difference of the songs. 
Well, first of all, there are guys out there that know a million songs. I don't know a million songs. I've always been a band guy. So I've learned to play music by learning from other artists, you know, and uh, I, I wish I knew more songs, you know, or I have learned probably a million songs, but it feels you like know, you do. I see a lot of things you do a lot of songs. <laughs> some of it sticks and some of it doesn't, yeah. you know, it's, it's about repetition for me. Um, I have to do things over and over and over again in order for them to start to embed themselves inside of my, my mind and my hands. Um, I like the feeling of, um, playing songs and not thinking about playing the song muscle memory type of stuff it's it's muscle memory but it's also feel yeah. so you mentioned you know with bands and uh it, you know what you know or it is what it is um the key for me has always been able to be very um flexible mm -hmm. and um not really necessarily holding anybody accountable for what they know or don't know or how they play it or don't play it. Um, it's more about uh, the molding and the blending in musically for me has always been very exciting because there's always musicians coming and going. So of course, somebody different, a drum, this drummer compared to that drummer is going to have a different feel, even though it's the same exact song, it's going to be played different. There could be at times different kick drum yeah. paths, obviously different fields, things like that. Guitar players have a tendency to, you know, some guys will, you know, rush or be really laid back or play their solos and, um, you know, want to catch what the drummers do. And some of them uh, are on their own and they, you know, want the band to sort of follow them. And that's the cool thing about being a bass player is you get to sort of just mold in and, and just dive in musically. So anyway but being able to mold like that and be able to become part of the music is something that uh has always appealed to me more so than uh the actual just playing the song so i've learned a lot from jamming with different people uh different musicians and some have really uh really shaped me and changed me as a musician for the better and 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 some have just been parts of the of the song and of the of the experience. So Ronnie was one of those guys that um, I really felt like I was in the uh, in the song at that time. I really learned that you know, like that I was listening to everything around me. I just wasn't in my own bit, going, "Oh, I got to play this song. I got to play that bit. This or don't forget this riff. Don't forget that." I was in it. And that's important to become part of that when you're when you're a band when you have a band or you're a musician, just <clears throat> check out check out of the real world for a little while, man, and become part of the song you're playing. That's cool. Thank you for that perspective. I think it's interesting. Yeah. I always, well, because you play musician, let's say like music and tabs and everything else back in, back in the day, there wasn't you know either tab books weren't right or whatever, and nowadays. Artists are like, I go on Ultimate Guitar, or I go on YouTube to learn my own solos now before I go on tour. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. Date, and you guys didn't have that. You know? Well, yeah, I would date myself a little bit, but there's no doubt I had to rely on my ears, you know, and and, uh, you know, I had to learn by really listening. Uh, we were I was talking about this to Alice today um, at his house, by the way. Um, but we were talking about music and um, how uh, listening we were we were hanging out in the front of ours brought up a song um on his boombox and he's like 
And I said, oh, listen to that bass part. And he goes, oh, that was that's bass. And it's a classic rock song. Matter of fact, it was Stranglehold by Ted Nugent. Okay. And I said, yeah, bass right there. And he goes, oh, man, I, I never knew that. I thought that was guitar. And I said, no, it's bass. And and he's he's a musician kind of noodles around the guitar. He said, well, I'm going to start listening differently. And I said, yeah, when you listen to songs, it's fun to just hone in on one instrument. Just listen to that one instrument for the entire time you listen to the song. And that's what gives you the ear training. I really had to focus on what the bass was doing. And um, then later on, and, and then you can go back once you learn it, then you can go back and listen to the guitar, listen to the drums, listen to the vocals, and you can start to dive into why maybe why that was played that way you know because there's right there's always a million things you can do you can always play a run or a uh, you know fill or whatever you want to do in between parts but maybe there wasn't one there or there was and why was it there and played like that so um it's kind of cool to dive in that way i think it it's very interesting because the bass players really it's really it's such a great aspect because the seat you're like where you can play yourself in the back, up with a band, you can do fills. There's a lot of different things that can be added or taken away with the bass in a song that don't jump out, but you know it because you'd be tapping it or humming it to yourself without realizing it, it's a big part of the song. And I'll, yeah, there, I'll focus in, you know, like, yeah. like in the studio, I'd focus in on something to the point where sometimes I'm like, I can't hear that song now without hearing that drum cymbal, you know, without hearing the ride, the crash in every song now, or, or hearing that bass line, you know? Yeah, you'll hear a lot of this. I mean, Paul McCartney's the king of it, right? I mean, you can probably sing a Beatles song, but you will probably, and most people will remember the bass part. Yeah, It was such a part of the song. Um, You know, Queen was really like that for me. And then if you want to go all the way to like even, you know, um, uh, get more into the metal side of things. I mean, look what what Steve Harris did for Iron Maiden. What it, how important his parts were to those songs and to that groove. I mean, that gallop and sound was that's bass. That's what kind of gets the people moving, you know. And um, I think it's really important. Part of the thing that makes you a successful bass player or makes you a good bass player, well, actually, could make you a great bass player is, like I said, is you have to become part of what's happening around you. There are times you're going to want to direct and lead. And other times you're going to just want to become part of it. And when you become part of it, you realize that you're listening to everything that's going on around you. You're listening to the drums, kick and snare. You know, you're listening to what the guitar player is doing. Maybe the rhythm player, you and I are supposed to be, you know, him and I are supposed to be playing different parts together. So this guy's going to take a lead. The vocals are happening. If you listen to everything that's going on around you, you become part of it. You're able to take it to another level musically you're going to be in the pocket you're going to be in the groove you're going to be relaxed then the guitar player can start focusing he can start doing his solos and he's going to be listening to his solo he's going to be doing that and then that gives you the chance to really listening to what he's playing because maybe there's something that you guys can do together for that quick second that you don't think is going to happen but all of a sudden here it comes you feel it boom you do it he does it it's magic and that's what music is it's magical. It's this moment in time where people can meld together and be creative. And you have this three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, whatever it is, to just make this magical, musical piece happen that's just going out in the universe. So you should really, really think about what you're playing when you're playing and not just listening to yourself and 
you know, going, oh, check out how cool I am or look at my moves or, you know, I learned this riff, so I'm going to play it. But if it doesn't fit the song, it doesn't fit the song. Become part of the song. That's know. actually awesome. That's like one of the best explanations I've heard. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm inspiring myself right now. <laughs> I, well, I, well I always, I'm always saying you need to, as a musician, and, and some of the best songs are, you just serve serve the song. Otherwise, you're not doing it. You know, why are you Absolutely. Even doing that? Why do it, man? And there's a time for everyone to, sh to shine and, and to show everybody, you know, what they can do musically. Sure, we want to show off a little bit. I personally have never really been that type of musician or even person necessarily i've always just like i said musically there's a lot of bass players that have influenced me but before bass i was a band guy i love bands so you know how many when we're on that topic of bass, how many instruments do you play because i know you obviously you're one about that you're, you're a great singer what well, else do you play um well my my main instrument is is bass guitar. I started right. off as a trumpet player. I haven't played trumpet in years, uh, but I started off as a trumpet player, played guitar, uh, played bass guitar. Uh, I've taught myself guitar. Uh, I even taught myself banjo for a little while. Um, but primarily, that's hard. Plays bass, bass guitar, guitar, and uh, and when I say guitar, it's uh, it's rhythm, yeah. guitar, some you know maybe harmonies here and there, but. Um, Bisto sort of allows me to be this sort of painter with guitar. I, I, I'm a little bit more abstract with my parts at times. Um, I will play mostly the same part all the time, but there's times where I have some liberties because I kind of find myself, uh, because it's such a new instrument to me still, that you know I, I can take little um, risks here and there, some rhythm parts and in between parts and things like that. So um, my you know, Brother Latham, he loves it. He loves way I play. So he allows me to do these things and gets a kick out of it. So I get to kind of be more of like this, you know, um, different musician when I play guitar with Pisto. Uh, and then, yeah, and then singing as well, which is something I enjoy. How long has that been going on? I mean, because I mean, what's really great, I, um, actually, before I say it, ask you more, with your voice, and, and we were talking a little off the air, you have a really, first of all, you have a really strong voice, a really good voice. It's not like, some artists be like, I'm a bass player and I have a side band and I sing. And then some guys just sing, good. They're good singers. And it's a good album. Mm -hmm. like, you have a really, really good voice. It's like beyond just a bass player. You, you could just be a singer in your own thing and be known as just a singer. what I'm saying, yeah. not just a bass player that can sing. Right, um, right. Thank you. I appreciate that. That means a lot because that was a big thing for me to step into that spotlight. You know, I've always been a guy, you know, backing people up as, you know, as a bass player. And I love to sing. Uh, and Bisto, you know, I put myself right into the limelight, didn't I? Playing guitar and singing, it was just like, man, you really want to challenge, bro. So I did. <laughs> and uh, and it's become a lot more familiar for me. Uh, like I was saying, becoming part of the music. Uh, a lot of mistakes I made uh, when I first started singing and playing guitar and Bisto was, man, I was so focused on how I was playing or how I was singing and, and I was forgetting lyrics. I was playing terrible guitar parts. I was just having a rough show for a long time trying to make that change. Uh, and it was just like way too much thought going into everything I was doing and would tell I learned to relax and just become part of the song. Now it, it has become extremely enjoyable and i feel like i can sing every night i don't need days off you know right. i b 
feel very confident about singing and and playing my guitar parts and and uh, but it, it took me a while to really learn how that felt um and i had to kind of go back to was it hard to, to change like because well, you do bass you yeah. do bass and you do background vocals so you kind of that's what some of these yeah. challenges like a guitar players will start being known as a guitar player and then they go become vocals and they're like i'm a great guitar player and i'm a good singer or whatever but to do at the same time is like one of the hardest things to do very hard for me it was something that it just felt so foreign i play bass a certain way I, i'm a, I, I do have a tendency to dig in at times um all of a sudden now i'm playing chords and you have to play guitar differently than you play bass everything just felt awkward uh shorter guitar then the neck felt weird i felt weird moving i still kind of feel a little bit weird moving because i'm used to this bigger thicker piece of wood um but you know that as soon as i started to really just spend some time practicing and, and doing and and learning in front of an audience was just so crazy um i um i really did have to practice a lot um when it came to that singing and playing because i was playing i sing a very aggressive in a way but not you know, you, you you know what i'm talking about i do have yeah, I do. I have a powerful voice. Um, and when you do project like that, it is, you know, you're, you're leaning into it, but I'm also playing really light when I'm playing guitar <laughs> and singing this way. So, it's, you know, there's this sort of ambidextrous type thing that's happening for me. I have to learn to, uh, to kind of separate the two. Right. Uh, and I learned, I learned how to do it. I know, well, anyhow, it works for me. So that's what I've been, that's it. And so now playing guitar has been, um, a lot easier. So, I mean, I mean, the, the, the uh, moral of the story is, you know, I guess just because you do one thing and you do it, you know, you do it well, I consider myself a very good bass player. It uh, doesn't necessarily mean I be, I'm a great guitar player or a good guitar player. I have to still practice at it, you know, and I do. Um, and uh, the great way to learn to, to, to get through it is do it in front of people. What made you decide you were going to be a singer? I mean, because you have like a really strong voice. And, and one of the things with your voice is like, and people go, go listen to these albums. You know, they have a couple albums out, and the newest one is is, is really good. And on there, on the two nineteen release, it um, it's a song called "Down," and um, yeah. you really have some some different dimensions to your voice. And I also realized that what some of one of the albums I listened to, you have a similarity at one point. I'm sure your voice blends very well with Alice too. Yeah, that's totally acid because you have a few different tones in your voice that you can yeah. do a couple a couple different things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of of bands that kind of had they sounded like different singers yeah. in a way, you know, or, or sometimes they were. But, mm -hmm. you know, uh, growing up, I loved Billy Gibbons. I loved his singing style and it kind of had this deeper resonance to it, you know. But um, but he also sang kind of clean and the right. higher. I know Dusty did a lot of the high harmonies and stuff, but. Billy had a cool vocal tone that I really loved. Um, of course, I, 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 when I was a young kid, loved Gene Simmons, you know, uh, loved that type of vocal tone um, that he, he would do. Um, and, you know, truth be known, I'm a massive Rob Zombie fan. I've, I've loved White Zombie when they came out. I love that stuff so much. Uh, so I just sort of started to develop 
you know, what it was that I was doing at that time. So, but I also realized that when I was singing like that, and you'll hear it on that first Beastle record, it's really, I'm really digging in, you know, and I couldn't keep that up live. I had to find the happy medium and I realized I didn't have to push so hard or I could sing certain ways and certain things I could, you know, I'd have to change a little bit here and there, uh, learn how to write differently to, you know, give myself some chance to breathe, um, all of that stuff. And on top of it, you know, what I love so much about the vocal tonality of say like kiss, uh, ZZ top, you know, um, um, you know, uh, bunch of these other bands that had multiple singers was the reason why I brought Calico Cooper in one of the reasons why I brought Calico Cooper in because I really wanted to shake things up a little bit um, I needed that totally different vocal sound than me because yeah. I needed you could sing harmonies and also sing their own songs um, and then I could sing harmonies with them but just to give myself a break and give the audience a totally different sonic experience because at the end of the day, I'm just, I want to entertain people. I want to give them something that, um, you know, you can only do so much as a, a one singer band. Well, the, obviously, even without Calco, you were a strong band. And and, um, and I think I can step back. Even you saying Rob Zombie, you can feel the influence on some on some of the songs, but there's you know, so many other influences. But to be honest, it's, it's, you can hear, and there's a lot of bands that just try to do Rob Zombie. And it's 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 weak. It's lame. But when you guys, what you're doing is you can hear it's in there. But I hear a lot of the bands in there too. And then I hear you have your own sound because you, your voice also. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. much more of a of a of a of, um, of interpretation of a bunch of different artists, a bunch of different spices together, and then you create your own your own spice type of deal. Because you don't sound like any particular band to me, you know. Thank and then you, you put well, Calco in there, and it yeah. sounds like I'm like I don't even, I don't know do this at all. <laughs> I know. I feel the same way when she sings. You're like, what? This is, this is epic. This is amazing because it, it does sound so original. And thank you for that. But we are all walking influences of things that have happened to us that have moved us. I mean, we cannot say that these bands, you're not going to hear influences that have happened to me in my life that I, that I love because I want to take from those experiences and then make them into who I am, how I envision it. So that's how music and art and everything is created. You have to have somewhere a starting point. And um, that's the beauty of, of Bisto is the cool thing about Bisto is I guarantee you the three studio albums that we have out right now, all three sound completely different, but they sound like yeah. the same. And the, we're working on, we're, we're working on our latest record right now. And it is epic. And it's going to be so different in its own right. But man, it sounds just like Bisto. But, you know, we're really honing in what we're about, which is exciting. Well, there's a, you, you, I do hear the continuity and I do hear the song difference and the, the production difference. I mean, great production on all the albums. I, I think what you're we laughing about, Zombie, I want to say this. I think what happens is you know, everyone can hear different influences. But with Zombie, it's, it feels like it's a softer thing because Zombie's a newer band. Like you're like, oh, I hear the Zepp influence. I hear the, the Sabbath influence. I hear the Dio influence. They were back in the '70s. Zombie was a forefront of his own sound that a lot a lot of people picked up to. So it just feels like it's fresh for some people. So I think for some people, like, oh, it's. I'm like, no, that was not. And it was a while ago, if you think about it. I'm in my 50s. I'm like, it was not five years ago. You know, 
It just yeah. happens to be it just happens yeah. to be another another sonic sound added yeah. to the palette that some people He's are more very unique. With. I yeah. think I, I love Rob so much. We've become friends through the years, and I love how he you know he obviously you can say oh you know he, he kind of reminds you of Alice or whatever. The only thing that I get from Alice with, with their influence that with rob has because you know we've talked about this he obviously he loved alice cooper was inspired by him but he made it his own and he went off of his own love for horror and art and his own interpretation of all of this stuff and he has stuck with it mm -hmm. he's never changed anything about who he was even if you listen to white zombie you listen to rob zombie this guy lyrically and musically has stuck to what he loves to do and what he does so well. And you either love it or you hate it. I He's grown love. too, though. I mean, I from the early White it. Zombie? Was, was this latest know. record, the latest yeah. record they just did, man, I just listened to it the other day and I, I listen to it all the time. To me, it's it's exciting. I love it. I'm a massive fan. So. No, I agree with you. Well, I think we're saying even the early White Zombie, like the the, the few yeah. songs, the, the, he started watching the evolution of him to what he did, which yeah. is great. Because I mean, early White Zombie is not what he sounds like now, but you can hear the core of it. The seed is in there. Yeah, what it is. It's that you're not like I don't get it. You're like, oh, that was pretty neat to watch that that tree grow. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still, if you listen to it, it's still the same approach. He still right. does these crazy weird intros, little middle parts with vocal, with you know a, a you know. Um, some horror movie, you know, thing in the middle of it. He still does that. And it's just gotten, you know, it's just gotten more and more produced better or differently or whatever. But lyrically, it's, it's been the same thing and yeah. uh, something that's just resonated with me. And um, and uh, I, I I love it. I think I it's you. a good influence. I think and I think you having that piece of it is, is definitely a, a piece of flattery because it's not because you have so many other sounds in you in you. You know what I mean? I yeah. Mean, yeah. It's just one. Many for me it's a rob is one piece of something else that that i that i do there's there's certain guys that i i love maybe just a song or two that they've done and i'm not necessarily a massive fan you know but there's certain things that they've done that i love that i thought wow that that's kind of cool you know i'm a massive fan of romstein and danzig and all these other bands out there because oh but that tone that sound with that type of singer and this type of background and this type of guitar tone and put a solo here and have this kind of groove so you just kind of blend all these ideas together and boom it's a you know it could become a bisto song your voice and your music still has i think the other thing is because it has a 70s influence and 80s influence which is what i love about it and it, uh -huh. a lot of the bands nowadays have more of a an emo sound or this sound or whatever and I think that's the other thing that puts you in a rare category back because, well, the same thing with Rob Sand or other bands from then, it still has that, you know, the same strong voice. And there's not a lot of bands that have that same voice that are doing the chugging along, that are doing these time changes. You know, there's a, there's a fine group of people doing that. And you're, you're one of them now. So it kind of puts you in that lineup of everybody. You know what I mean? So thank you. You know, I'm trying. You're doing, you're not trying, you, you just do. I do what I do and I'm, I'm you know, that's it. I, and I will always try to do more. I'll always try to think of different melodies and different ways to approach songs. I really love writing with other people. So um, yeah, I'll always be just like, a, I am a person who's always working on himself. I'm always working on my craft as well. How does it work? Cause like when you started, you got into, uh, when did you actually get into to, uh, Alice? Um, I don't even know what year it was. So bad. 
How long were you and Alice? 2002 or something like that. And it wasn't that long after you started doing the band, right? So when did you do, like, how did it evolve? Bisto, Bisto started in, like, 2012, 2013. Okay. It wasn't too long, I mean, to go on your own. I mean, to, it wasn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Considering it's a pretty big, even you were a pretty big band, pretty well known to also be like, I'm going to be a singer and a guitar player now. <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah. it was kind of a quick window, if you think about it, for that. Yeah. Yeah. 2012, 2013, we have three records out. One live album. We've we've been fortunate enough to tour the world and and that uh, happened. We'd like and then get Calco in there and the whole band. Like you're like you know what I, I want to be writing and doing this and fitting it in between this whole thing. How does that work? Like you know what I mean the dynamic of that. How did the how did Beasto come? How did Beasto yeah, work? Yeah, I'm kind of curious how it came apart. Yeah, yeah, how it kind of fit in. Because... Well, you know, there's 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 a certain element. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna become a um, you know. A, uh, a product of my environment um so with with alice being you know like somebody that i work with and have worked with for 20 plus years um who i just you know love to death i i just have nothing but just you know the utmost respect for his career what him and shep and bob ezrin have done mm-hmm. um i was a guy paying paying attention for a lot of years and i still am of what what they're doing and how they do it. So, you know, for me, it was, you know, coming from Dio and Alice Cooper and loving the bands that I love, there was definitely going to be some sort of theatrical or show part of of what I do. If I'm going to be part of something, if I'm going to do something, it's going to be a bang, it's going to get you. It's not just going to be a no disrespect to anybody out there that does this. It just wasn't who I wanted to be musically. I need there to be a show. Those are the bands I love. So I, but I also wanted there to be musicality and, and, and mm-hmm. art and, and uh, like just a, a sense of Bisto. I wanted a band. I wanted Bisto to be a band you know, people are watching and they're doing this to most bands. I want people to go, what am I watching? <laughs> I, I want them to lean into it and be like, holy shit, this is so different. And that's when I brought in Calico because she brings in her own thing. I can say, hey, I've got this song called Machine Girl. And then she goes and just turns it off, turns it on into something where like, she created this entire world around it. And now this is this person that she's become on stage. She was able to, she's not a person that says no or is turned off by ideas. She takes that idea and goes with it and, 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 and shapes it into something cool and not afraid to try something and go, well, that didn't work. I'll try this. And then it, it just becomes this cool piece of, of the, of the, of the show puzzle that we have. And I love that about her. I can give her an idea and she will turn it into something else or she'll have an idea. And we're all, we just say, go, 
we we trust her completely. She's directing our videos. She's massively involved in our, you know, uh, especially in her clothing designs and the, the look of the band. But also she's, you know, starting to really get into songwriting and she brings us really cool element. Her music library is so vast and so different from the rest of ours that it's it's really cool little element of what we have. So for me, I just wanted somebody who could bring something that nobody else was doing to the table. And fortunately for me, I knew the exact person. Well, it's, it's incredible. It's lucky. I mean, I'm sure you're aware of it because you're in a situation that's allowed that band to foster because, and even, even your supporting players in your other, in, in Alice's band, it's going to allow you to, to be in this band. Everyone in the band you're in is, is their own not star, but their own icon from their own, own playing and who they are because mm-hmm. it's, because of their skill set, but because of the kindness and openness. So you've got in such an environment where like your day job and this job, everyone's really yeah. into it, which fosters yeah. such a great, let's do this. Let's try this. There's no, yeah, no, nothing negative. And, and, and that's fantastic. And, and I think that's why your band is being prolific and just keeps growing because there's no one yeah. stopping you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We don't have anything in our way. We're just going to go. And if it feels good, we're doing it. Because who's usually the band's worst enemy? The band, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, you can get in your own way. That is that is true, and I have been victim of that. Where you start, you know, you write something a certain way, and that's just the way you can only hear it. And unfortunately, that um, is a uh, it, it could be good and it could be bad. You know, it right. depends how you guys want to go about it. Um, so. Uh, we get stuck in our ways at times. I, I definitely get stuck in I hear something a certain way yeah. and it, it be a little bit of a, of, of a fight to have me try to do something a certain way. But, you know, most of the time it's, you know, you, that's how you figure it out. You have to at least try it. And I would say, you know, especially on the last, we are record, you know, Ryan green had me singing all kinds of different ways. And I went, I said yes to everything he wanted me to try. And even he'll admit to you. Hey, that didn't work, but at least we tried it, you know, so it's better than me saying no and stopping the flow. Well, it's I, I, was actually, I was actually thinking like more like more like negative egos and, and, and like, you know, what I mean, that kind of stuff. As an artist, you write songs. It's it's healthy. To fight. It's healthy to fight over a song. I'm talking about yeah. like more of an ego thing. You don't have to do that. It's more of a songwriting creative. Yeah, yeah. we try different. to. The egos always, yeah, always there. I think it's. It's, it's something that um, we all battle with. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're very, very right. You know, there has been egos that have killed bands um, or, you know, forced ideas. But that's just part of being an artist, you know. It's part of being a confident well, person. I'm saying it, 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 on the outside for me and listening to those three albums, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of people pushing back. That's something that would be totally left turn. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like it's like, no, this is going to be this. This is my voice. You're like, because the next song is not going to be anything like the song you just heard. Yeah, that's true. There, there's there's a thread of continuity, but it's not going to be the same. Yeah. You know? I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, it's your song. I'm just, that's how I feel. I mean, it's not, you know, I don't even know how do you, how would you go into the studio? I was like, you know, I think like one of our favorite albums, especially in the 70s. You look at the, how the songs are done. Does, you know, you look at the song list, how it goes, in the order. 
and, and picking out songs. Where are you guys going with that? Like, cause, cause like what a challenge to find songs. I wouldn't even know how to, to song list your songs. So it would work because it does work, but I'm like, I wouldn't have known to put that there. Rock bands, you can kind of be like, yeah, this makes sense. I get that. But you guys, I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> you know? I wish I had some secret formula I could give it to you and write it to you. Man, we just go off of what feels right. Everybody gets a say in this band. We're, you know, we're we're a family. And we, when you're in the room, we're going to ask you for your opinion. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I look at making a record if it's conceptual or if it's not um just looking at the songs as a whole and how do they all complement each other if i was listening to this record as a fan what would really get me off on making sure i listen to the song that's after it so i mean that's really the only way to go about it and um trust the people around you when I first heard you guys, to me, what really stood up for me was I heard a lot of strong 70s influence. That's what I heard. I mean, besides, you know, the, the modern playing, to me, that's what I felt like it was a 70s songwriter because those are the bands that really wrote. Like you mentioned those bands, it was Queen, and those are the bands, you know, obviously Alice, but just all those all those guys, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like I said earlier, you know, we're just going to be product of what has influenced us and what has shaped us. I mean, that's the way it goes. It's, it's, it's awesome. So as we wrap up, I just want to just touch on your new album. Like, so what's going on with it? Where are we at? Yeah, we're writing right now. We're, we're, we've got a majority of it done. Um, most of almost everything is being tracked. Uh, we're still, you know, in the process of there's still a couple more songs we need to write mm -hmm. just to make sure we're covering the grounds of, you know, um, what we're missing, what we're not missing, what we'd like to try, see if it works lyrically musically so um hoping to have it all finished up here in the next you know few months and looking forward to a 23 release very cool any any plans for any playing out it though or does it depend on what's going on with um with cooper Band? any plans to do what to play out live and do any kind of playing out with it or is it more of a it depends on what's going on right now with the world and with the alice cooper tour where you can do anything we'll be out playing on it for sure i mean we're playing it so people can hear it, and not only hear it, but see it, experience it. Well, I think it needs to be played live. That's that was us open for it. Open to hear. Yeah, I'll be out there, man. Of course, for sure. That's, that's, that's good news to hear. Any final words to people that may be listening to your your new stuff, or I haven't heard you actually. I mean, that's my hope is to turn on new people that haven't heard you, that heard this band. You know, check out the band and and uh, close your eyes and enjoy the experience. Well, thanks for being on the show, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, man.